Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Smile and Backblaze. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm joined tonight by Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com, and Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. And they have both done what I cannot, because I'm sick this week. Tell me. Ah. Tell me what you've done. Confess. I I sacrificed my body for Rocket, and I went to Burger King, and I got the mac and Cheetos combination, and I put it in my mouth, and I ate it, and I I want to know... I, I feel like it's still in my mouth. It doesn't matter how much I drink water or brush my teeth. I can't get it to go like away. Like, it's stuck there. You weren't, you weren't a fan? I enjoyed it. I thought they were good. I, I, I think I liked it. Right. And I think I kind of hate it. Like, it's, it, it's a yeah, really no, weird so the consistency, food, like, it's interesting. Like, the shell, like, it looks like a giant Cheeto. But when you bite into it, like, it's just like a mozzarella stick. So it's got, like, that same, like, exact same shell, you know, a, a breaded shell as a mozzarella stick. But on the inside is macaroni and cheese. Right. And it's not as gooey as it looks in the ads. It's, it's kind of congealed. But, it, but in my case, it still tasted good. My one disappointment was that the Cheetos taste was very light. Like, they had a little bit of the dusting, but it was not right. strong. Like, it's not yes. like, like, you go to Taco yes. Bell. And you get the the Doritos uh, Locos Tacos. The the shell, if you get like the the nacho cheese one, is like it is a Dorito. Like it is a Dorito, full 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 of the, the yeah. um you know the dust everything. Um, and then the same was true when Seven Eleven had those uh, loaded Doritos, which were basically like the Doritos stuff with cheese. Um, it where they had like it, it had the the, yeah. the powder on the outside too. But in this case, like it was a little bit, but it really didn't taste anything like Cheetos. It mostly just tasted like you know, fried macaroni and cheese balls. If if your face is still the color of your face after you eat something called Cheetos, like that's not right. There was like, no, there was Cheeto, no dust. Cheeto dust in it. And I, yeah, yeah, I feel I'm still looking feel forward to trying these, but I, I, I'm still, I don't know. I don't know what the worst crime is for me. The fact that the insides are not soft and luscious like they were in the ad or that the outside doesn't taste like Cheetos. Probably the probably the latter because I am a Cheeto addict. Well, be, well, here's the thing. The inside, even though they're not like, it's not as gooey, it's still good. And it's still yeah. like, at least in my case, like I, I thought it was, it was the, the noodles were well cooked. I mean, it's obviously. They're actually you know, like, you can find the noodles in oh, there. Totally, they're full totally. noodles. And they're, nice. and, and they're al dente. And, and you know, and it's, 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 it's not like, it's congealed, but it's not like clumpy. It's not dry. Like it's still very yummy. I enjoyed it. I I Facebook lived myself eating it. I, I was, <laughs> I was That's great. You look great, by the way. It's hard to look good when you're eating mac and cheese from Burger King. <laughs> Thank but you. you looked very cute, Christina. It was very so. educational. Brianna, did you take video of you doing it? I I did not. I didn't. Shame. <laughs> like, I saw pictures of you and Frank, but I, I took a picture of Frank eating I it. I promise, so, once I get a chance so. to go to Burger King, and when I'm not sick and dying anymore, I will put these in my body and immediately. Relapse into sickness. Most Simone, likely, I start listening to you. I'm gonna like overnight you the rest of my codeine cough syrup from my bronchitis <laughs> last week. I am sure that our editor will have cut out the entire track where I'm coughing this whole time. You will feel you will feel excellent. It's great. It gets you really high. It's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> so, first topic of the night is actually one that I thought we would be doing for dessert because it's so fun. It's so good. It is also so technologically powerful that we are doing it first. 
and it is the Ghostbusters VR experience in Times Square, which I have not gone to, and I, I really either. after. Oh, so we're going to tell you about something that none I of us said have done. Yes, to doing a book event in New York, just so because it's near Times Square, so I can go do this. Like that's yes. how excited I am about that. So, mm-hmm. oh. So Ben Popper and Addie Robertson from The Verge went to the Ghostbusters VR experience at Madame Tussauds in Times Square. And basically... Adam Rosenberg from Mashable also went. Nice. Nice. Did you talk to him about it? I did. Oh, I'm so jealous because I, I haven't been at work all week because of the illness. So I have not had a chance to confront anyone about the VR Ghostbusters experience. But it sounds awesome. So basically, the VR is... the It's different from the Vive, but similar in that it's um, full-scale room VR. But instead of having those wires, you have a backpack where the VR equipment is, and you shoot freaking ghosts. And there are all these cool effects, and like it uses 3D effects like you would get in a theme park ride, like wind and water, etc., to like give you this full... I, I guess they, they call it 4D, I guess, not in this particular instance, but that's what they call it at theme parks, like the 4D experience. And it sounds so freaking, freaking awesome. Like, that is, I think, the one thing for me when I think about the HTC Vive and, like, where where that could be even more awesome is more space to move around and more haptic feedback. And, like, this is that. Well, can we talk about the technology with it? Because they they actually build sets. And, you know, we have a, we'll have a link to the story. Um, you know, you can see this video of it. And I, at first I was like, you can walk around. Does that mean they have like an omnidirectional treadmill that will push back on it? And no, they actually like physically build sets uh, for the spaces that you're going to be walking around in. So like they have this one thing in the video where there's like um, an area with the touch screen and like you see what it's like in real life. It's just this gray wall where they put a square into it. So, um, you know, if you haven't done the HTC Vive yet, the thing that makes it so magical is walking around the space. I mean, it is beyond awesome. Like there's a, a game I've been playing a lot lately that's basically uh, you have a lightsaber and you're training versus a, a Mahdi Seeker that's sending shooting lasers at you and you have to deflect it. And the fact that you can move around and dodge is just magical. So this is going to be more of that without that stupid cord you're tripping over all the time. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think are is are going to have their first VR experience with this exhibit in Times Square? Because I, I feel like, I mean, it's $50, which is a lot, but given the amount of tourists that go through there yeah. every day who may not even know about VR or may not just care to plonk down that much money on it to have it in their homes, like... It's gonna be. It sounds a heck really of a- expensive to me. I have to be honest. Um, oh yeah, so, for sure. I mean, also that's like a full theme park, but just yeah. for one ride. Well, you know, Disney Quest. I do you know this, Christine? Have you ever gone to Disney Quest down in in Florida? I have. So it's awesome, and it's dying like yeah. any month now. They're gonna get rid of it, mm-hmm. and because no. yeah, it's it's really fun and. I mean, you know, that is $90 for a day. So, you know, exactly, $50 exactly. for this, it just, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that for this, it could work because it's a one-off thing. It's it's around, you know, the movie. It, it's, it's you know, sort of an event. But I'm with you. Like, I think the location of where it's at, you can they'll get enough people in. But it, it's not the sort of thing sustainable. I mean, your point about Disney Quest, I didn't realize that was that was going it's away. I remember when that opened. Yeah. I remember when it opened, it opened like 98 or 99 yeah. and, and, um, and it was really cool, but yeah, I mean, the problem is also upkeep for those things because the technology moves on and you either need to update stuff so that it continues to be cutting edge or, you know, what happens is, you know, people 
come out and they're like, well, this was cool 10 years ago, but what are you, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, good game design holds up forever. You know, like you could take oh, agreed, Heckle agreed. or DDR and it'll hold up a hundred years from now. You know, it's a good game, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think, um, but I do think this, this speaks to the central problem of VR and Simone, you've experienced this too, is that the problem with Vive is you want more space and you don't want a ceiling because you do hit the ceiling when you play it mm-hmm. and you're constantly finding the edges of it and you just want free movement. You know, like you want an omnidirectional treadmill, right. you want that stupid cord out of the way. <laughs> like I've been yeah. thinking about like hooking something up in my den to like hold it up because you can like it's it's dangerous. So I don't know. I, I think I read about someone who had like a they set up a hook on their ceiling to thread the cords through so that they wouldn't have to walk around them yeah there's always that moment where you're playing a game and you're like oh okay it's time for me to do the hokey pokey and turn it all around (laughs) because i am wrapped up in my cords um i think the backpack idea is brilliant not least because it's you know a actual um prop from the film but i would hope that that would be something that could eventually make its way out to consumers as technology to, to replace like this hook 70,000 HDMI cords up to your TV. I mean, I think that's going to have to happen. I mean, we talk about this a lot when we talk about VR, but I think that that's that sort of mobility thing that you guys are talking about where you feel so close to it and it and it's it, it makes you so immersed you want to go that next step. Um, but but I think that the, the, the secondary part, you know, it, it's going to have to have a mobile component and, and have that freeform stuff because being connected Mm-hmm. all the time being tethered to it takes you out of it yeah, for sure um, but but at the same time I understand why that's where we're at now you know we're, we're at that place now I think that it's really telling how good the technology is and how much is improved and I, I remember experiencing this the very first time I ever used Oculus where I was immediately wanting to go that one step there because it was already enticing my senses so much mm-hmm. and that this was you know three this was years ago and it was like it was already you know um amping my senses so much so that I wanted to go to that next place and I believed that it was possible. And yeah. now I feel like that that's all, that's even better now. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, when will the tech not just catch up and get affordable so that we can really go that next level. But but it's going to happen. So when are the three of us going to go to the Ghostbusters? I, I am out there. I'm 100% going to do that. So I'll tell you, you both why I'm out there. Maybe we can make a day of it. Three Ghostbusters. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Oh, my God. Be oh perfect. My God. I, I, I will plunk down my $50 gladly to go with you that guys. Would be great. I will that as would be well. Great. That would be great. But I, I think I have to say something we're discovering in, in VR is all these different game types that work and don't work. And, you know, Simone, something Ben Cachero was saying to me the other day on Twitter that I tried and he's absolutely right about some of the best experiences in VR not being games, just being like relaxing experiences like where it's, you know, to unwind. It makes me want to like start figuring out how you can do dance music in VR. There was a a job offer that came out this week and um, a job opportunity and I have to tell you, I look at engineering positions all the time and turn them down, but I heard about this and I really seriously considered like moving to San Francisco, like putting that on the table to see if I could get this job. Twitter is doing you would do a that hybrid. to our time zones. I I, I would for Brianna this. I, I have to stay <laughs> here for the time being for like um yeah, you know, I'm waiting for you know, some stock options to vest from my husband's uh, work. But like Twitter is going through and they are building a VR experience and they're looking for people to do that. So can you imagine Twitter if it was like uh What's the Nintendo app? Is it Tamaduchi Life or whatever it's called? Uh, oh, 
Tomodachi Life and Mitomo. Yeah, Mitomo. Like something like that with Twitter. Like there are ways you could do that kind of short experience you could actually, with your like, friends. Kick your trolls in the face. That would be so and watch great. Watch them bounce across oh the room God, like little you rubber could dolls. Them. That's the game. That'd be how you right block there. people. Don't sue me when yeah. I steal that, Simone. Um, so. Okay, you, you, I sign <laughs> all the rights over to you. You can Simone, have it. Simone, Simone wants half a point. Yes, we'll we'll see what we can do. I'll have my lawyer cool. call your lawyer. But no, I we're there are all these different experiences, and we're figuring out different interfaces, different paradigms, different you know even motions that you're doing here. So I, I think it's really important to note there's not going to be one. VR solution that works like it's going to be a multitude of things yeah anything else to add Christina uh, no I mean I think there's I mean both reading reading the write up from all the different press outlets so about this so it's it I think even though it's totally a promo for a movie and and so it's there's a certain feeling with it that feels overly corporate like how cool is this yeah it's really I can't cool. wait to try it for myself this episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile. Even though it's hard for me to talk, I have a smile on my face <laughs> because Smile is back on the show. If you want to break the endless, painful cycle of scanning and printing and signing and faxing, Smile is the company that will help you do that. It's time for you to adopt a paperless style that will make your life smooth and easy as a newborn baby. You need PDF Pen. It is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs. It lets you take total control of the PDF in its ultimate simplistic digital form. You can add text and graphics. You can make corrections. You can redact sensitive information. Oh, ho, ho. you can number pages and so, so much more. Whatever you need to do to that PDF, PDF Pen will let you do that thing that you want to do. Um, and the new PDF Pen 8 will let you further enhance your PDF creation and edit- editing experience. You can actually make freaking audio notes a fantastic level of interactivity never before seen in the PDF world. That actually kind of makes me excited um, in a weird way. Um, so you like can record an audio note to exist in a certain place in the PDF. You can access file attachments. You can export to Microsoft Word even while you're offline. And, of course, you'll be able to sign documents with digital signatures, allowing you to send and receive PDFs with a greater degree of trust, greater degree of ease, greater degree of control over the PDF itself. It's freaking awesome. We love Smile. We love PDF Pen and all the products that they offer. Uh, And if you would like to learn more about PDF Pen, you can do that. You have the power in your hands. Go to smilesoftware.com slash rocket and learn. Enhance your brain with knowledge so that you can enhance PDFs with PDF Pen. Yes, PDF Pen 8. (laughs) You know what I like about PDF Pen? It's like probably 100 million trees a year are killed from like printing out PDFs. So it's like like you're trying to save the environment, right? Can you imagine like print the whole printing and then signing it and then scanning it back in and then it just like lives in a file in your desk forever and you occasionally take it out and look at it and think, I shouldn't throw this away. This is an important document. Just have it on your secure, super secure computer backed up in 70,000 different places. It's an easier life. It won't get lost if you move. Moving a filing cabinet is terrible. Don't do it. Buy PDF pen instead. Yes, buy PDF pen. (laughs) Burn your file cabinet. Like Simone's health records. You can keep her. Yes, exactly. The OCR on PDF pen works so well that you could scan them, Simone, and then actually burn them. 
Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. I'd love. I love to burn. My body is burning up right now. Thank you so much, Smile, for supporting Rocket and Relay FM. Don't die, Simone. I literally am so sweaty. Don't, Simone, don't, die. don't die, Simone. And don't, don't burn die. yourself. Don't die. It's, it's not. Yeah, don't do it. I mean, I'll try not to burn myself, but it's very hard. I'm very hot. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about uh, the recalled Jeep shifters and the death of Anton Yelchin. Oh. Uh, probably not so much the actual death of Anton Yelchin, but just the technology that caused that death oh. and... Um, well, it looks like we should we should be specific. It's been alleged the technology yeah. that is presumed um, to have been involved, uh, which was a recalled 2014 2015 uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee or 2012 2014 Dodge Charger or Chrysler. Uh, I think I think the Jeep Grand Cherokee was the car that he had. Um, so the shifter on this particular car is designed in a way. Nile Patel wrote a, a great uh, write up of this on the Verge. The shifter of the car is designed in such a way that it is difficult to tell when it is engaged in park and when it is in another gear, such as reverse, because the shifter always goes back to the center and it's more focused on not so much haptic feedback for the user and something understandable, but you know, s- software and having it be slick and fine and pretty. Um, so this is obviously a huge problem when it comes to the safety of people who use cars, which are getting more and more advanced um, with every year. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw the video, but I would really call this a very, very flawed design. So the the problem with the shifter is so you know how you have like your shifter in your car and it has like usually five slots on it. So you have tactile feedback as you go to like reverse feels different than the neutral and park. Like you're going to get muscle memory for all of that. The problem is it just gives you a little click feel in it. And it's just like an infinite move up and down. Like there's no force feedback when you get to park. So, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding with, you know, you know, user interface. And, you know, what they found is, I forget the exact numbers, but it's a, a very high number of accidents that they were actually able to locate and attribute to this system that basically doesn't tell you when the car's in park. So, you know, what is very damning, in my opinion, about this story is, you know, this has been something that, you know, even federal regulators have been asking, you know, saying this needs to change for months. Jeep has dragged their feet on it. And their actual implementation is it's a it's a very cheap one. All it does is force the emergency brake on when the door opens. So, you know, um, I mean, what do you think about this, Christina? It seems like a, a really poor design to me. Me too. I mean, and this is where I have to kind of disclose I haven't driven a car in many, many, many years. <laughs> Um, yes. but, but looking at the video, like you said, I mean, it, the, the design is just really poor. The UI, so to speak, is just terrible. And the fact that you don't know what's happening with your car is scary, especially when accidents like this happen. And, and what happened, what we think might have happened to Anton Yel- Yelchin, like, is, is it Yelkin or is it Yelchin? I don't know. I believe it's Yelchin. Okay. Yelchin. Okay. Well, what, what happened, you know, with, with Anton, what we think happened, I mean, there were other reports of this. And, 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 and like you said, I mean, this was something that they knew about and the fact they were sitting on their feet and that it took them this long to even address this is terrible. I mean, there is a software update. So if you've got one of these cars, um, if you've got the charger, if you've got the grand Cherokee of these model years, you know, get to a dealer and get that update. But yeah, it just looks like an absolutely terrible design. And, and you have to wonder 
what sort of QA this went through to even get out the door. And right. it makes you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because because yeah. this is like a crucial thing. And, and, and it becomes an interesting question kind of, you know, as, as in design trends, as we move away from skeuomorphism, um, more flat stuff that makes sense in some cases, but you do wonder in some senses when we are kind of replicating things and like creating new interfaces as our cars become more digital, if there's something to be said about making it very clear what's happening so that it still looks the same as if it were. Well, it has it, to be. I mean, I've talked before about how archaic, like the whole I'm controlling a machine with pedals that I use with my feet system is, but still that is something that makes sense. And that need, if that's going to be replaced, it has to be replaced by something that makes equal sense and involve that involves the the driver's mind yeah because otherwise like if if it's if it becomes so automatic that you're not really thinking about it then it does become dangerous i mean neil neil in this article says he went to the jeep forums where people are saying you know their way of making sure the car is in park is just making sure to push the shifter forward for an extra second it's terrible and he says that reminds me more of kids making up moves in their favorite video game than people discussing how to safely make sure their 4,500-pound SUV doesn't roll away when they're not looking. And, like, that's so true. Like, I mean, I, I drove a very old car for years, and I definitely <laughs> had to... A uh, masterpiece of a car, by the way. It, it yes. is a masterpiece of yes. a car. I, I did weird sh- to make sure that that car didn't... <laughs> Uh, roll away on me, and yes, it definitely did. did a few times. Yes. But that was a car from 1988, right? Which I guess you could argue is a car that has a lot of you know tactile components. There was nothing automatic in that car, but still, like that again is something we probably should have conquered by now. But I mean, no, it's so, the fact that they yeah, had to ahead. drive forward. I was just going to say that point. You know, it, it, the people in the forums that that's their solution. That is that's unacceptable. And, it's and it's beyond unacceptable. It, it's beyond. I mean, it's unacceptable the fact that the Chrysler would even allow that. I mean, and obviously they do their own kind of math about whether a recall is, is worth it to them financially. But the fact that literally other customers and – and when you talk about these forums, most of the time these are enthusiasts, so people who love their cars. And the fact that they're making kind of an excuse for it, oh, well, I just make sure I, 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 I you know, accelerate a little more just to make sure. It's like, are you kidding me? Like – I don't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So one of the the most inner interesting talks I've ever gone to in my entire career was um, I I got to attend a talk from someone that designed uh, or worked on part of the design for a fighter jet, and they were talking about all the philosophy between you know like the interface of a, a fighter jet and generally military planes because they really think a lot about this. Like the switches have covers over them so you don't accidentally do one. Like the whoop, whoop sound, like when it's crashing in the movies, they've done a lot of thought about when you should get audio alerts. And I think it's really, really telling that in that situation where they're trying to make it as awesome as possible, they definitely stay away from, you know, these kind of touchscreen or flat interfaces, right? It's all switches. And I, you know, I think I've talked on the show before about some of my, like, I once took a class on how to, like, flip a car around 180 degrees and do a bunch of other cool emergency driving stuff. That's such a tactile skill, And, you know, when you think about the advantage of a touchscreen, which, you know, is in the Tesla, the entire point of that is that you can have multiple things there and, like, update it. But for a car, I just fundamentally don't believe that that's a safe choice. You know, we're getting all these stories out now 
of people hacking these electronic systems and when they're Wi-Fi enabled and being able to adjust your throttle or, you know, the way your car is accelerating. I I just think it's a safety issue. And I'm I'm very much against like touchscreen controls and or even, you know, substantive electronic interfaces in a car uh, to- like this. Well, totally. I mean, and from for me, it kind of comes down to, you know, we've gotten pretty good with the capacitive sensors on our phones. Um, yeah. But 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 I don't know how but, you know. But, but you're paying attention. You're looking down at your phone, and, and obviously people who are who are blind or, or, or hard of seeing, um, you know, there are there are things that make those. I guess so you don't have to obviously look at it, and you can still use it. But I mean, you know, I found that even in the latest cars, when I get into them and I play with the tech on them, you know, aren't as good. They're not as responsive. They're not putting that quality of components in. And and moreover, the way you use it in a car, I think, is very different than the way you're using it in one to one. I think you're right. Having this touch feedback and having these digital dials, it looks great. It's great that you can change what comes up depending on what's happening, you know, so you can have maybe have more, um, I guess, what's was the term I'm looking for? Um, more, more, uh, you know, malleable kind of controls. Yeah, and, flexibility. And, and flexibility yeah. Thank you. It's more flexibility yeah. and that's great. But I think fundamentally, I mean, unless we're talking about getting to the point where you're totally having like a self-driving car where I think it's a different scenario, you know, maybe, you know, somebody's behind the wheel just, just in case, you know, as will happen for the first little bit. I, I'm with you. I feel like we we need those, even if it's just um, for our own peace of mind, even if it's a, a placebo effect, having those physical things there is better than not. Because I just, I don't trust at least the automakers have, have it's a terrible track record when it comes to non-computerized stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you look at yeah. just, just in general, how their recall process works and, and how their manufacturing works. You know, there, there are a lot of, a lot of safety things that, that happen over the years to then become relying on, on on just making sure they have their electronics right, especially when most of them have. I mean, if we're going to trust the people who have such terrible, like, AV systems in cars to also now, like, have tech that's going to work and be reliable for all kinds of other things, I mean, that, that's a really tall order. I, I agree with that. So, yeah, um, I think there's, I mean, it seems very reasonable to guess there's going to be a, a lawsuit here, you know, and I mean, Chrysler is in that gritty financial shape anyway. So right. um, I think this is, you know, obviously nothing's been announced, but um, yeah, I, I can say if I were on that jury from the things I've read in the press, I think it's, it, it seems like it's a very damning but, argument I from mean, what I I've mean, seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. E- even if we take, you know, uh, Yelchin's case out of it, just, just looking at g- uh, the class action opportunity for the recall and for the people that, the, the other accidents that have happened, I think that's a, that's a no brainer that, that that's going to happen. Yeah. And and I yeah. think when you see these videos and you see how it's unclear to someone that when they're behind the wheel, what's happening, and they think one thing is 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 happening and something else is. That's a huge flaw. And I think what it also underscores, just to kind of go back to what what we were saying earlier about where was the QA. I think this underscores one of the problems that has kind of besought the the car industry and why it's important, frankly, for companies like Tesla and Google and and Apple to get involved is that. You don't not necessarily see the QA with, with the people who are, you know, from, you know, Detroit or from, you know, Germany or whatever, thinking about how the tech works and about how those interfaces have changed. And I, I almost wonder if it, if it requires having people with different perspectives who are used to QAing products in a different way, you know, looking at things and saying, what are the questions we would ask and how do people know that these things are happening? Because if you're just creating a facsimile or what you think is a facsimile of, you know, physical gears, um, you might not understand that the, the, the change in lights and the change in, in, in you know, cues and, and, and how an icon is drawn could be seen as something very different because you're used to you're not used to designing for those types of 
things. Yeah. I, I think the last I would say on this is if you, one of the cool things about Forza, uh, you know, which is a Microsoft game that's basically yeah, a Forza. car simulator. It's, it's yeah. awesome. But you Great get game. to see all these experimental interfaces like reflected in the choice of it. So you can see like how a Ferrari and moving like paddle shifters there is going to be different than, you know, a high-end version of it, you know, the, the Audi R8, right? So I, I think there's interesting stuff that can be done there, but I don't think it's going to be in any of the, the physical controls that do your car, like gears up, gears down, gas, all of that. I just, I, I, I think when the, the most awesome experimental cars out there are eschewing that, I think that's probably a good sign that this isn't safe. So, yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Backblaze, the unlimited native backup solution for your Mac and PC. So you can back up all those PDFs from Smile. Um, Uh You can sign up for a 15-day free trial with no credit card required today at backblaze.com slash rocket. That's back as in the part of your body. Blaze as in the fire that is overtaking my body right now dot com as in dot com slash rocket as in this show uh so as well as safely and securing safely and securely backing up all of your files backblaze gives you access to all of that data with ios and android apps no partisanship here no matter what platform you're loyal to you can access your stuff. You'll have everything with you no matter where you are. And they have a web restore tool available for quick downloads of single files, which, you know, is super useful. If you're on the go, you need that file. You know the one. You didn't send it to your your device in time, but you can access it because of Backblaze. And they, they have the ability to restore by mail. Um, you can, if you buy a hard drive from Backblaze, they will FedEx you all of your data overnight if something horrible wow. happens to you to your computer yep. like micah Sargent lost his poor ipad pro at uh wdc if that happened to my laptop WDC. Uh, yeah and i had backblaze i could get all that stuff back to me if i had backed it up regularly which i should because that's what responsible adults do uh-huh. um, and you can return the drive within 30 days for a refund so you don't even have to purchase the hard drive outright you rent it you get all your data back you send it back um Backblaze securely looks after over 200 petabytes of data. I don't even know what a petabyte is. <laughs> is it like is it like a little dog? That that should be. That would be great. Uh, I have no idea. 200 Some little dogs yeah, would yeah. need a lot of data. How much is a petabyte? A petabyte is a million gigabytes. Holy oh crap. Oh my god. Okay. That's non-trivial. No, it's that not. Is- it's, a million, it's a million gigabytes. <laughs> Oh, it's That's the, the title 50th. of the show. That's not true. Two to the fiftieth. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So they've sense. restored over wow. ten billion files in the in their history as a company. That's that's pretty awesome. So uh, apparently, we all are very careless with our files. <laughs> so this is kind of an aside, but like I always try to buy Apple stuff when I can. But I'm just done with time capsules. I've given them a shot. I, I, I do for slow. like an in-house, they're slow, but they, they last two years tops. Christina, I burned through six of them this time. I put them in cool places. I keep them dust free and they just die. They do. And they've died for a decade now. And, you know, like, do we get like a free trial with this? Because I think I'm going to do that instead of forking over. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yes. Rocket listeners do get a 15 day free trial oh, by visiting backplace.com slash rocket. And it is just uh, $5 a month for unlimited, unthrottled offsite backup. 
So, yeah, this is a good deal. If you are feeling, if if you're having, like me, the stunning realization that you've been very lax in backing up your data, this is your chance to try Backblaze, give it a shot, uh, back that up, back that, you know, what, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> awesome. and then if you like it, you keep it. Um, yeah. Back that drive up. Back that drive up right into me, girl. Plus, if you're a dev or you need archives, Backblaze B2 is cloud storage uh, for half a penny per gig per month. So, you know, our own Brianna Wu is the developer, and you probably have a ton of assets that you would like to I, have I do. not destroyed I do. if your computer catches on fire like my body. <laughs> I want them to get Little John as like a, like a spokesperson and like. Back that drive. <laughs> Back that drive. Back that drive. Okay. So you guys are going to visit backblaze.com slash rocket. Uh, so, you know, they know that you came, we, you came from us. We sent you to save your own drive, which is now my synonym for another back body part. Um, <laughs> support the show. Support the continued existence of the data that you have on your computer. And try Backblaze today. Thank you so much, Backblaze, for supporting the show and Relay FM. I'm just going to stare at this picture of a rocket t-shirt with the Make It Weird logo for a while. I was wearing that today before I got too hot. Yeah. And then I I had to take so much (laughs) off. I'm so hot. (laughs) I'm so silly. Oh, big Christina. (laughs) (laughs) I can't turn on the fan because I'm recording. It's, there's no air in here. I'm going to die. So... In the tech world this week. <laughs> oh, Simone. Love you. Never change. I love you too. You just Please me remember me fondly. I really wanted to go to work tomorrow. That was my I was gonna go in today. And then I, I was thinking, well, I'll probably be fine to go in tomorrow. And now I'm like <coughs> maybe I'll just lie on the floor all day again for the fourth day in a row. Ugh. I went out for Robitussin today. How did that go for you? Need. I haven't worn a bra in so long. <laughs> I'm a mess. What's our third anyway. story <laughs> So, on to our third professional and reputable topic about a slapdown fight between Neelai Patel and John Kruber. <laughs> <laughs> that may be so a little overblown. I think they, that's they a little They do have a difference of opinion. They have they a difference of opinion. They yes. did not come to blows, but there are many differing um, expert opinions on expert apples. I'd have to yeah. bet on Neele for that fight. I'm not going to lie. I don't think Neelay, that, I don't Neelay think. has a couple LBs yeah. on Johnny's little yeah. bigger guy. Yeah. 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 Like, um, right. I love John Gruber, but that's not going to be a t- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. John's well from Philadelphia, him. though. Neelay is from Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be tough. All right. All right. <laughs> so basically, this was a, it was a, a blog post I saw all over my Twitter. Like, yeah. Apple people are talking about it. Steve Strazo was talking about it. Uh, just this, this blew up. And, and uh, Neelay put out this. It's really a screed. I think that's yeah, the. Absolutely. It's a classic, polemic. Classic, <laughs> right. classic Neelay screed yep. about being like yep. the, the fact that, that Apple's probably getting well, as we know, getting rid of the the headphone jack on the iPhone Seven, and and why Neelay thinks that that is. And you're gonna have to bleep me on this one, Jim. But bullshit. And and he's pretty angry about it. Thinks it's anti-consumer. Thinks that it's a terrible decision. Thinks it doesn't need to happen. And 
And uh, he makes some good points. And and, and John Gruber so. yeah. is response is well. Apple always does this, and, and and they obsolete ports for a reason, and and there might be reasons we don't know how they're going to handle this. So so give it a chance, and um, yeah. Am I missing anything? I no, I think that's it. I mean, he he had six arguments basically. You know, the first being that it was uh, I'm trying to remember them off the top of my head, but then the first is is very user hostile, right? Um, it, it is. You know, he also was arguing some things like uh, DRM, like it would it would could theoretically be possible for them to make this digital only. I know you and I have a difference of opinion we, we on do. that. But I just was going to say, I mean, his, his argument is basically that right now there's an analog hole that exists that if you wanted to rip audio without DRM, you could potentially, you know, connect your phone or whatever to you know, an, uh, an uh, output jack and, and, and rip the audio that way using the analog hole. Here's my real, real talk question. Um, I don't know anybody who would actually do that. I mean, no music that 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 is is I can't think of any DRM'd music for, file formats that even exist at this point. Um, I'm sure there must be some, but but they would have to be proprietary and from from certain apps. So I can't actually think of any yeah. that even exist. But if, there's this thing called YouTube, and there's this thing called 4K video downloader. Mm-hmm. Right. So CC convert. I I've heard. Right. I've right, heard right, that but, you but, can but, use again, that. But yes. I'm about, the but, rumors are true. But, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about on phones. I'm talking about like people who are like using right. DRM things right. on phones. Okay. So my my point being that at this point, on from from an audio standpoint, we're not talking about you know video and ripping another stuff. We're saying from an audio standpoint, you know, Apple hasn't sold DRM audio in. In many years, um, Amazon's not doesn't sell it that way. Even even like HT tracks and even the Pono stuff, like that's not DRM on it. So if people want to use an analog hole as a way to get around ripping a file from your phone that has DRM on it, I guess you could do that. But I think that that would presuppose somehow that Apple would be introducing DRM into HD audio that they would be bringing to iTunes as part of you know um, the iPhone Seven, which I don't see happening. Uh, I, 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 don't I don't either. That, I, no. I, I honestly feel like at this point in 2016, I mean Spotify. I guess that's got a form of DRM on it, and I guess if you really wanted to rip Spotify from your phone, you could do that. Again, though, I would think most people would just use their computer and they would use you know apps like like you know. Um, you know, rogue amoebas tools and some of the others to, to capture audio coming in that way. Love to audio the hijack. Mm-hmm. I use it all the time. That's what I'm saying. Legally. Use audio, Legally. Right, totally. Well, there are many legal purposes to use it, but you would use something like audio right. hijack. You would use apps like that rather than, you know what I mean? Like there are plenty of, of, of tools that, that are around to do an analog hole. I can't see how many people use that on a phone and I can't actually see that. I think that there are plenty of valid arguments against having, getting rid of the headphone jack. Although, Full disclosure, I wrote this months ago. I was like, they're getting rid of it. Get used to it. Yep. Accept yep. it. Mm. It's happening. And I've, I've come to terms with it. I, I've accepted the fact that it's going away. And I'm going to be very pissed <laughs> about it. You stare death in the face. Well, and I you mean, have... <laughs> I'm annoyed that like my, my headphones, my wired headphones I wear every day. I mean, they, they are wireless, but I usually wear them wired. I'm annoyed they that I'm going to have an adapter. Video. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know those headphones. I, yes. I, no, I, I, exactly. And so I'm, I'm exactly, I, I'm going to be so pissed about that. But, at, but, but I've come to accept it. But I think that of all the valid reasons Neil I has, and there are a lot of them, I think that one, if I'm being totally honest, is the most specious because I don't think that that's a valid concern. And I think that the number of people who would actually are actively exploiting the analog hole for ripping audio from an iPhone is so inconsequential that I can't see that that would ever be any part of the rationale for getting rid of it. I feel like moving to digital audio is one reason and they'll claim better audio quality. Um, But That's something that's never even crossed my mind and I'm we are all like 
premium iPhone users. Right. I don't know if it's if it has it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I do have to, and I'd love your opinion on this, Christina, because I feel like maybe you have a wider experience with uh, Bluetooth headphones than yeah. I do. But one of his points in this piece was talking about like Bluetooth that will be great next year, yeah. and it's terrible going between devices. Um, I have to admit, I don't find this cumbersome at all. Now, I use two products. I use the the Beats Wireless yeah. and the Power Beats, but you just hold down the button for a few seconds, and yeah, it's a pain to like go to the menu between you know your MacBook or your your you know iPhone or iPad. But I, I genuinely don't find that to be troublesome. It's very reliable to me. So with him like saying. Bluetooth like pairing is a pain. Um, that that that's not my experience. Is it just worse with other products, or or, or am I missing something? Yeah. It's, it is worse with some other products. I mean, and it depends on the platform you're using too. I typically find the Mac to be a better experience, for instance, for for Bluetooth in general um, support, at, and and the iPhone as well than some other platforms. I've, I've certainly run into the case with. Um, you know, other um, headphones. It, 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 some headphones work really well, some don't. And and there there is, he's not wrong when he says Bluetooth is always saying it's going to be better next year. And in fact, one of the scarier things that happened recently was that a new Bluetooth standard was like certified by like the Bluetooth group. And so the joke on Twitter was like, oh my God, now Bluetooth low energy is going to totally stop working. Um, because that's mm. just, it, it won't. But I mean, but you know, that that's always kind of, kind of, kind of the fear. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. definitely... I mean, my colleague, uh, Pete, runs into problems with his Bluetooth headphones all the time where he, you know, hmm. he loses connection with his Mac. Me, with my Beats, I never have that problem, ever. Yeah. Um, Christina and, with the Beats. And, 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 I mean, my Rose Gold Beats, uh, but, but, but I, I never have them with the, the, the studio ones either. And that isn't to say the Beats are necessarily any better. I haven't had problems with my Bose either, you know, but, I mean, it, it could be a more seamless process for sure, but... I, I don't have that issue. I mean, certainly, if anything, it comes down to, I think, more on, like, the UX side about what the switching is, whether you have to press a button or if it's double tap or, like, whatever the the, the, the switch-off mechanism is. And if I'm do, using it, usually for me, it's just pairing between, like, going from my phone to my computer. Um, it, it's, you know, it, if you got more complex than that, I could see it being a hassle. But, I mean, it, it is true, I sometimes I think. pair it to my PlayStation because, like, if yeah. I'm playing something, I don't want to bother Frank. Um, yeah. I, I do. This is getting into Apple outer space, like, you know, dream territory here. So I fully, like, in advance, I'm saying this is probably not going to happen with the iPhone, uh, you know, whatever they call it this year, if it's the iPhone 7. Um but something that occurred to me, I've been looking a lot lately into, like, um, you know, multiple materials that will like conform into a certain shape. So mm-hmm. they, they have this Kickstarter of this come out and basically you, you put this earphone in your ear and, um, you know, run some current through it and it basically solidifies in 60 seconds and makes a like custom fit for your ear. Now, because I'm married to a Snorlax who is also <laughs> chainsawing logs all night long, I, worry i i'm obsessed with this like i have the best noise canceling headphones you can have to sleep in i've gotten sugru and like molded that into my ears mm-hmm. and like drilled holes into it like i've tried everything with this and something that occurred to me is if apple ever went that way to kind of upgrade their ear pods which i'm sorry still suck totally um that a headphone jack is not going to be able to communicate enough current through it 
to like make that kind of particle like gel and stick together as I understand it. So you would have to have something like a lightning port for that. So I was thinking about that, like that would be an advantage to doing it this way. I've been thinking about dongles. (laughs) Just having, you know, side thoughts about dongles. What what are you thinking about dongles? Well, I, in my, in my hazy, in my hazy sick brain, I Mm -hmm. was like, well, if I got the new phone, I would have to have a dongle because I'm so attached to, like, I, I never lose headphones. I keep them for years. But then I was like, no, you fool. They give you a new pair of headphones with your new iPhone exactly. every time. So, so terrible. Oh. So where, uh, yeah, I don't, that, that, that was my, that was my, uh, my thought train on dongles that happened just then. But at the same time, I think, um, Eli did make some good points just about, like, if that is the pair of headphones you have, and the lightning cable ones that you're attaching to your new iPhone, you either then need to like be switching back and forth yep. if you're attaching them to, to a computer. computer or you do need to have a dongle totally. that will adjust that or that you can, um, you know, the, 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 the transfer, the transfer from the lightning to the, <laughs> the USB or the, the, uh, 3.5 millimeter, 3.5 millimeter yep. headphone jack. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, th- I think what's to me, what's really interesting about it. And I mentioned this months ago in a video Mashable did about uh, iPhone seven rumors. And, and I, and again, like I said, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that this is going to happen forever, but it's so funny to me that, that, you know, they make beats, you know, and, and would, the most profitable headphone maker, you know, ships more headphones than anybody basically. And, and beats, obviously their products go to more than just Apple users. So it becomes a really interesting thing where, they own a company that is not going to be able to simply stop shipping headphones mm-hmm. with uh, three and a half millimeter jacks. That's just not going to be possible. Yeah. So it makes them wonder, are they going to start shipping you know, adapters with Beats? Are they going to maybe have a separate cord? Because Beats, um, at least you know, uh, the ones that aren't purely wireless, the Power Beats don't count for this, but the, the Solo 2s and, 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 the, and the studios and the, um, you know, uh, certainly work this way where you can you know, pull out the plug, and so you almost wonder would they have a plug where it'd be three and a half millimeter on one end, and it'd be you know um, lightning or whatever on the back, um, and 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 if they would just you know sell an adapter that way, I don't know the answer to that. But if that becomes, I think to me, the more interesting thing about how they'll do this transition is is how it's going to affect this company they spent three billion, three billion dollars on that is not going to be in a position just from like a, a business standpoint to just say, well, that's it, we're gonna have a different skew for iPhone. And and you know what I mean, like that's that's not that's not how you sell headphones. Um, and I think that you know, the difficult thing about this, and and, and John Gruber is right in, in insofar as that Apple is always a company that's not afraid to rankle people's feathers. They're not afraid to make difficult transitions when it thinks it's necessary. But this is a sort of port that's a little bit different even than a floppy disk. This is a sort of port that literally has been on so many tech devices and that so many people use so often that that the adoption rate, even if, if they move, you know, like you were saying, Simone, like, okay, so you have it for your phone, but what do I do now, you know, when I'm going with my computer or if I'm wanting to use, you know, um, if I'm in an, on an airplane, this is a perfect example. You know, at this point, yeah. when you go on an airplane, your iPhone headphones are going to work in um, your seat. So, what, yeah. what, so you know, 3.5 millimeters, the definition of ubiquitous. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. now, 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 yeah. now either having to always carry a dongle around or having to have a spare set of ear pods or something else, you know, it's going to become a concern. I always carry my dongle around. <laughs> never change. Um, <laughs> never change. Never Simone, change. Ever, never change. Ever. 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 Um, that's, that, that I think might be our opposite title. I always carry my dongle around. Yeah. I always um, carry my dongle around. That's yeah. a good one. But no, but I mean, but, but I think, you know, 
I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I don't even know if I see the point in debating this. They've made the decision. They've made the decision. It's, it's going to happen no matter what we want. Um, the interesting thing, uh, Neil, in uh, one of his articles, uh, or The Verge made an Apple I.O. death chart, basically. <laughs> I love that. With like I love that. when um, uh, a common piece of technology, like the, a CD drive or a DV drive or whatever, was introduced to Apple devices and then when they killed it. Uh, and it's super interesting, and the headphones are uh, the headphone jack is by far the the, the longest line on oh, that yeah. chart from like 1984 up to the present. Whereas everything else he found lasts like roughly 15 years before Apple decides they're gonna kill it, um, and it's always a couple years before the rest of the market also decides to kill it. Right. So, well, I mean, yeah, it, well, it, it is before outlier. the rest of the market decides. I think that the more true answer is that Apple gets rid of it, gets people used to the idea, and creates a new standard, and the rest of the world is just able to say, "Okay, we'll get rid of this now." Yeah, I guess if they don't need it, we don't need right, it. Right? Exactly. So I want to make a prediction about the iPhone 7 or whatever they end up calling it. I think the only way they're going to be able to really sell this to the public is if they have some sexiness to go along yeah. with it that makes people go, I want to go get that. So if you look at the Beats lineup, like we blasted Nest from here to you oh, know, totally. wherever on this, this is show. where we announced that I am or, the new voice for Apple advertising. <laughs> yes, that's that's what we're going to no, Um, If you look at the Beats lineup ever since Apple acquired them, you know, generally speaking, from what I've heard from Apple engineers is it takes them about two years to get from conception to really getting yeah. a product out, right? Which is the time period where we're kind of looking at the, the Beats thing. So yeah. look at the products that they've come out with since that acquisition. It's pretty much been nothing. Like they upgraded the Beats pill to a bigger one, and that had fire yeah. issues. Like that was catching uh, on fire and well, you bring well, the, it the, in. The, the pill giant, oh, that wasn't, Apple did the recall, but that was done in, a, in advance. So they did do a pill. Absolutely. They, they, they did do a pill this year that they, they changed. They did? The giant pill. Yeah, they did. And and in fact, it's it, a little bigger, little, it's uh, flatter, and it sounds uh, better. And, 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 and so. And yeah. it has a built-in lightning port. Yep. yep. Um, so, so I mean, so it's a minor update, but I'm saying it is an update. Um, they also, they, they introduced the PowerBeats 2. Those were in the works before the acquisition. The same with the Solo 2 and the Solo 2 Wireless. Both of those came out. they've been out for a long time. Like, that is a very flawed product. And the instant they put out one that doesn't suck so hard, like, I would go buy it immediately. So... I, I feel like my point is I, I I would predict, and I'd love Rocket listeners to hold me accountable on this, that they are going to be announcing some cool headphones with easier pairing yeah. or something. I think the totally. only thing I would say that maybe makes this me suspicious of this is I was really looking in iOS 10 for easier Bluetooth pairing this year, and it just wasn't there. So that does yeah. give me a little bit of pause, but yeah. No, I, th- I think you're onto something. What I could kind of imagine, what this is what I'm kind of expecting right now, and, and I haven't articulated this before the show, so this is exclusive to Rocket. And again, hold me accountable if I'm wrong on this too. But what I'm thinking might happen is that you will have head, you will have almost hybrid earpods. So you know, one of the big hot trends happening right now with, 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 is is like truly like wireless headphones, where like you literally have like one per ear or whatever. And yep. and I, I don't know if they would be able to include something like that at the price point they're coming in at um, because those those tend to be more expensive. But what if you had kind of a hybrid sort of thing, kind of like a, a Powerbeats sort of style where you could literally have them in your ears and it detached, the cable detached, so you could plug them in to Lightning, pair with it. It would be wired if you needed it for power, but then you could remove it, remove the side, and they would just be hanging from your ears wireless. Ooh. 
Yeah, that would make a lot of sense since with the Apple Watch, they've kind of figured out how to, like I went to, um, when I was at, uh, I was in San Francisco for something a few weeks ago and, um, you know, I I stopped at the the Apple store that was next to my hotel at uh, Handerly Square. It was for WWDC. And I was really marveling at the entire Apple Watch experience and saying like, oh, here's the band here, go try it on. Like, that's very much a feature they're selling, like make it your own. And now with the iPhone being so, you know, it's kind of a very mature product. So I can imagine Apple coming out and saying, hey, we'll give you the phone. If you want the El Cheapo headphones, we'll give that with you. Or we can upgrade you to this over here on the Beats line, kind of giving you a range of stuff. I can I can easily imagine that happening. Yeah, but I could just even imagine just having like a pair of, of, of less expensive wireless headphones that would have a yeah. wired component where you would plug it in. And when you plug it in, it'll pair and it'll be paired and you'll be able to yep. you know touch it. And then it, it'll charge that way too. But if you unplug it, now you've got a wireless pair because yeah. I, I, I could see that happening. I can too. I can definitely see that. I'm into it. My body's ready. <laughs> so what are we up to this week? What about you, Brianna? Uh, I am working on my book and uh, I'm trying to get over Yay. Independence Day resurgence oh, and God. trying to wipe that oh, from my I mind. I read your tweets about that and oh, it made me sad. Oh, I'm hoping I'm hoping Purge on Friday will will redeem it. Yeah, get it out that of sure mind. sounds like a fun time. Hmm. Oh, that's right. You're an anti-horror movie because you're weird. So I'm not yeah. anti-horror movie. I'm just very easily scared. Okay. Okay. I had to play Resident the Resident Evil How demo last week. How did that go? It went very well. It. I was very frightened. Oh, well, then that's I, a great sign. No, yes, that that's true. Um, I had actually I had seen it before because I watched my boss play it, um, which definitely it helped some of the scares for me. But then I was I was still trying to be smart. You know, there's this part where you're looking at the mannequins and then you're supposed to like go around the corner to investigate, and you turn back and oh boo, the mannequins have turned around. So I was gonna be smart and like face them as I walked into the corner, and I accidentally like just as I was coming up the stairs looked at them, then looked away without going around the corner, and I turned back and they had freaking turned around to face me i was furious i was screaming i was swearing uh which is what i do to assuage my fear um and then one of the scares i definitely forgot happened at all and i uh, i i screamed like a tiny tiny baby Hmm. uh seeing the face of satan um (laughs) this has been like a week of me looking at things that scared me i watched a great video um that was on uh oneperfectshot.com or .db i think it is uh, so they did like uh, an analysis of how the director of Insidious and the Conjuring movies does scares yeah. and uses not jump scares, but uses sound mm-hmm. and like cinematography. Yeah, yep. cinematography yep. to scare yep. the crap out of you. So I watched that video, and of course, there are like shots of the scares in it. <laughs> Scared that crap out of me. But like, it, it's really, I find that so fascinating. I find the ways that we can become frightened so fascinating. And um, there was a great article that I read about Resident Evil, or I think it was a video actually by Transgamer Think that was they published a transcript on Kotaku about the ways that the new Resident Evil demo. It's very different from the old Resident Evil games, oh, but it God, still uses yeah. kind of contrived camera angles mm-hmm. and um, just contrived. Um, geography of the world that you're in to produce those scares, like yeah, the mannequins turning around or. Right. Um, the part where that guy disappears, um, it mentioned in that video, you can't actually 
follow there there's a guy he goes around a corner and then you never see him again you can't actually follow him around the corner to watch him uh mm-hmm. get got by whatever gets him um so yeah it's it's interesting to me the history of resident evil is really really interesting i love those games so much with the oh god christine i'm obsessed with them I mean, there's one of my, my very favorite, favorite. Games ever. the rottweiler resident scene evil. Oh, uh, the, i remember where i was when i was playing that when those dogs came out and and, yes. and and it was atmospheric and and i think this was part of the scare the graphics were were fine for the time but it was the atmospherics of hearing that rain mm-hmm. and hearing that barking mm-hmm. and seeing that come out mm-hmm. and like just i remember being alone in my room and it was like two o'clock in the morning and like screaming out and my mom being like what's wrong what's wrong and i'm like <laughs> i'm just playing playstation it's okay <laughs> <laughs> but Just I mean, the problem games. is, as you know, games have kind of gotten more popular. I mean, mm-hmm. as great as Resident Evil 4 was, it really turned that series into an action game totally. where, where the scares are based around limited ammo. And I love those games. I'm not somebody that like is going to blast that. But, you know, Resident Evil 6, like I've beaten every single Resident like Dead Aim, Code Veronica, oh. then Code Veronica X. Like oh. I am obsessed with Resident you, Evil. You know I could I, not now finish I want to get a Dreamcast so I can play Code Veronica after oh, this conversation. It's so good. It's so good. You can bo- borrow mine. Okay, I was oh, going to say, so like, I've got, I don't know where my Dreamcast is. It's in my parents' house, but like, I'm going to have to find a, a Dreamcast emulator so I can like play Code Veronica. Code Veronica X for PlayStation 2 is a big upgrade, I have to say. But I mean, my my point is like this bro shooter formula. Resident Evil 6 is an interesting train wreck to study because <laughs> they they added all this garbage to it where like people can go into your games, so there's a multiplayer component and they can hunt you and try to kill you and it's miserable and they can't pick one play style. So one of them is like a full-on action game and another is like a slow paced horror game is just a complete mess. It's by far the worst game in the series by far. It's just horrible. So it's really interesting to see that with seven, them like coming back and taking a different tact. Sorry. I'm yeah, so passionate. I'm, I'm about interested this. to see how yeah. the final product will turn out because this is so like, I I'm relatively certain from playing the demo that the characters in it aren't going to show up, um, in the final game. I mean, mm-hmm. they kind of die. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how that that atmosphere of that house and the creepy um, the creepy people in it how that how they factor into the final game because I'm pretty sure the main characters the playable characters from the demo will not be in the final game they did um, yeah I mean I'm it's really interesting to me I will hopefully not have to play it but I know I will because people laugh when I scream yeah. and they you love should the content get into, you should get into horror just so we can talk about scream on the show oh god yeah. you want me to die I do <laughs> no I don't I don't I don't Christina where are you up to this week um, so I, just uh, writing the usual, doing lots of Facebook Lives. I actually published an article today that I'm pretty happy with uh, that people might want to give a read where I kind of did like a 10-year retrospective of the completion of, the, of, of Apple's uh, uh, transition to the Mac, and, uh, which, oh, nice. which, which ended in, in summer of 2006. And, and it was interesting kind of looking back at how well that transition went. And, and what was really interesting to me when I was kind of finishing writing it up was thinking about how poorly it could have gone because when Microsoft tried to do something similar with, with Windows RT back in 2012, I mean, that didn't work for a lot of reasons, um, mo- primarily or not primarily, but, but importantly, they didn't get the OEM support 
for um, uh, Windows RT, and so there wasn't any developer incentive to develop for that platform. But but still, Microsoft, with all of its its clout with the developers, couldn't get anybody to collapse for it. And so they brought you know Windows to ARM, sort of, but they didn't create the, that Rosetta layer that would automatically make x86 apps work. So you had to build a brand new app. Um, and, and and nobody wanted to do that. And so looking back at, at how well the, the Intel transition went, both from a software standpoint with Rosetta and then with universal binaries, and also from a hardware standpoint of how important and, and essential it was for Apple to move to Intel so that they could keep up, so they could be competitive um, across the space is really interesting. And and it I think many of us, you know, our first Macs, like or, or our first real Macs, you know, were, were Intel Macs because you could you could use it to run Windows. You know, we might have used Macs beforehand, but I mean, I hadn't been a Mac user in in probably five years, uh, not full time anyway, until they went Intel. Because even though I loved the Mac, like there were there were apps that I needed, and there were I needed to be able to to do Windows stuff, and and it got less over time because you know Windows became less important. But having that almost like safety net of saying, well, if I need to, I can use Boot Camp was huge. And I think it opened up the Mac to a huge market that it never would have had otherwise, which I think ended up impacting the entire Apple ecosystem. I mean, the iPhone is obviously the crown jewel of Apple, but I think that even the iPhone acceptance was probably in some ways helped by the fact that the Mac was having a moment um, because people could look at them and say, oh, they're more than just an iPod. You know, the Mac is cool too. And so, uh, so that was a piece that, that went up this week that I'm pretty proud of. Oh, I, I didn't say that. I want to check it out. It will be in the show notes, as will um, Christina. Is your Facebook Live about chasing the Cheetos public? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, then that will also be in the show notes because that's beautiful. very important. It's very, it's it's very critical important. journalism. It, it is. I mean, <laughs> that's my personal Facebook Live, and I'm very proud of it. And then you can all see me chewing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I God. love that. that Charles Stanley my... was showing us a Twitch channel that's called Novelty Eating. It's a <laughs> category on Twitch. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's well, a whole, yeah. like, subgenre of YouTube videos that are just well, it's very popular watching at, people eat. It's very popular in Asia. Fill up. If, if you, look, if you yeah. look at live streaming apps in Asia, many, 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 many of them are dedicated to, to, to food and watching people Which eat. Which is why we here at Rocket are transferring, you know, to a, a Twitch stream where we just eat instead of talking about... We eat, actually, our technology. I'll be hmm. eating my phone next week live on Twitch.tv. All right. So... Yep. Yeah, it's time for me to go to bed. Um, <laughs> Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Girl. Christina? Find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Facebooks, the uh, Snapchats, the Instagrams. Well, not on the Facebooks. The Facebooks, I'm Christina.Warren. But on the, on the Twitters, the Snapchats, and the Instagrams, I'm film underscore girl. You can find me on the Twitters at Doom Quasar and not this week at polygon or youtube.com slash polygon because i've been sick and i haven't been doing crap and i feel very guilty about it um but usually you can find me there uh thank you for listening to this show we super duper appreciate your reviews and stars as always on itunes this episode of rocket is terminated 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 terminated